Hello there, and welcome to Star Wars Warts and All, the podcast where we talk about all the stuff we love about Star Wars Warts and All. My name's Will. Joining me tonight are my good friends Ben. Hello. Bill. Hi. And Chris. Tongs days. Am I right? <laughs> I knew that was what you were going to say. Yeah, I that knew is, it. That's a good one. What, what is the day? What was it? I didn't catch it. Tongs days. Tongs day. Tongs. I did the, the um, captions just to make sure. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, who knew? I mean, I didn't know that Star Wars had different days of the week. Yeah, for- it's new lore. And we got two. We day. got two of them. We got Bendu Day, too. Oh, yeah, Bendu Day. I assume that's a holiday, though. No? Not necessarily. Oh, yeah. it, well, if, if our days of the week are named after gods and stuff, why wouldn't uh, they be? Oh, that's Star Wars? true. Hey, yeah. you know what? I, that's a great connection. Bendu maybe, is a god of sorts. Maybe Bendu is like Sunday. It's like a, right. not really yeah, a yeah, holiday, yeah. but... The creator, yeah. Right. According to this, yeah, it's the last day of the week in the Galactic Standard ca- uh, Calendar. There you go. It's named for the Bendu monks on the pl- of the planet Coruscant. The Bendu monks. Apparently, all of the days are out. Oh. Based on what? What's the source material for that? Let's see. Some dude. <laughs> Dave Filoni. <laughs> He's a dude. The sources is Star Wars Build the Millennium Falcon. Sure. Guide Guide to the Galaxy, Galactic Time, and Dates. Uh, well, there uh, you have it. Okay. <laughs> That's a deep cut. <laughs> Anyways, uh, yeah, so uh, Chris was, just to tile that back, he was talking about a, a passing line. <laughs> oh, right. I forgot. Already. From a scene of this week's episode of the Mandaborian. Uh, I'm sorry, Mandalorian. Oh, stop oh, come it. On. <laughs> uh, anyways, let's get to it. We're going to start with some news. Further, I was joking. I didn't think it was boring. That was a joke. <laughs> so, not, not a lot of news stories this week. Um, no, it was pretty slow. Yeah. Much like the episode. No, I'm just kidding. I'm not <laughs> going to jump, gonna jump on this come bandwagon. On, I'm not on. jumping on this bandwagon. No. <laughs> uh, yeah. So the only thing I found was that was worth mentioning was Dave Filoni was still teasing a major climactic, climactic, climatic, climac, climax, claymation, claymation, claymation event, (laughs) uh, which is he's saying is still the plan for the Mandoverse. So Mandalorian and all the spinoffs. Um. Because I guess in 2020, Kathleen Kennedy kind of teased that this would all culminate in some big major event. But then Favreau recently said, like, there's no end in sight for The Mandalorian. So people are like, well, what about that thing that Kathleen Kennedy said? And yeah, right, Dave right, Filoni right. is like, well, it doesn't have to end there. It could well, just yeah. be right. a crossover event. Yeah. And then The, the Mandalorian Marvel can keep movies. going after that. You know, like, Marvel yeah, movies sure. are right. still going after the you know big yeah. Yeah, coalescence. Right, right. Or like the, uh, it makes me think of the uh, the CW Arrowverse for the yeah, DC yes. comic characters. Mm-hmm. The, every season they would do a big crossover of it. I would love to see that from these shows. Yeah, this is where we're going to finally get Tatooine turning into an ocean. Which is interesting because everybody complained about crossover <laughs> events in comics the last time we talked about them. But now we're, <laughs> now yeah, we're all I for do. crossover events in television. Well, yeah, it's true. It's true. No, but I do think it's more like subscription. We don't have to add any more dollars. <laughs> 
it's more in line though with what Chris is saying. I think like the MCU and the Avengers and Infinity War and all that like really kind of made it palatable to. It's like, yeah, I'll watch everything, sure, if I have to to get yeah, something that good right. out of it. But yeah, I think uh, honestly, probably some of the stuff we talk about tonight from this episode might be leading toward this like tie-in event, sort of bigger picture stuff. I have a feeling a yeah. lot of groundwork yeah. is being laid mm-hmm. this season. Yes, yeah. For bigger things. So, yeah, let's just get into it. What do you say? Yep, let's do it. All right. So this we... is... <laughs> go ahead. No, go, go ahead. I, I want to talk about the title of the episode. God, yeah, the first thing title. I was going to mention that. So this is chapter 19. It's called The Convert. What so, are your thoughts mm-hmm. on this? Yeah, who who are, who's the convert? The both. I think it's yeah. Two, yeah. Two, yeah. Yeah, it's both. It's both. Okay. And yeah. Both who? Let's let's explain. <laughs> well, Bo Katan was the initial, I thought, you know, because right, that's what right. we talked about last week. Like it seemed right. like she was kind of warming up to the way. So no, to and speak. that's mm. that's exactly what I thought when I saw the title. I was like, We were right. Yes. Yeah, right. And then it was completely I, different. <laughs> we'll probably yeah. get to it later. I'm not totally convinced that she's totally convinced yeah she no, seemed a little you know yeah so i'm not sure well, she's 100 converted it's still a cult like, sure in her yeah. mind she's not just gonna forget that like there it might be based on some fact now but i feel like yeah she's just still yeah. going with it culty. for now to see where it's gonna get her right i mean i i said it when i first saw the episode and she had still hadn't taken off her helmet by the time they got to the ship. Mm, yeah. I was like, she's going to leave that on this entire time. She's now. probably walking out thinking, I don't want the Mythosaur to see me take this off. I'm just going to leave it on <laughs> until I'm off planet. <laughs> and then chaos ensues, so she's kind of stuck. <laughs> but yeah, so this episode, as we mentioned last week, is directed by Lee Isaac Chung, which is a first for uh, Star Wars for him. Mm-hmm. And it was the first episode to have a co-writer. So John Favreau did writing along with Noah Clore, who kind of got uh, his, cut his Star Wars teeth on Book of Boba Fett, um, mm-hmm. which we had speculated maybe something Boba Fett related would come into play here, but yeah. no, right? No, Nothing, so right? I, I f- yeah, I forgot uh, what we had said last time about the Noah and Lee Isaac Chung. Um, and so I went and looked him up afterwards because I'm like, wait, d- did they have anything to do with Andor? Because right. as we'll get to mm. later, like this definitely had more of that feeling than of the Boba Fett right. feeling. Yeah, my so. my opening joke was going to be the Andalorian, but <laughs> I went with Mandaborian instead for obvious reasons. For comedic effect. It's just such a, such a flexible word. Hey, it's words it and all. Do anything you want with it. Yeah. Uh, all right. So let's let's start where we start. Uh, which is pretty much right where we left off with Bo-Katan sitting at the edge of the waters, doing some thinking about what she saw, just kind of like staring yeah. out into the distance as Din sort of wakes up. And he confirms that he didn't see anything under the depths. So, right. so she just kind of lets it go. And they head back to her castle when they get caught up in an awesome action sequence, which by the end of a squad of Thai bombers destroy Bo's castle and they're forced to flee. So let's talk about that scene first. Because it is phenomenal. The, oh, the whole the thing. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Whole thing. Should, we, should, we put to, should we put the rest the did he get pulled in or did he fall in thing? Oh, because no. he'd never I, mentioned I, I, a I, single I watched, thing. After totally watching fell. the recap. <laughs> like I said. Yeah, after no, watching no, the recap. We should all talk yeah. over each other. Let's keep talking, everybody. 
<laughs> I just want to be the one to say that I was right. That's yes, all. Yes, you were. Yes. Yeah, Chris, I definitely put in my notes here. Chris called some things from yes. last week. Well, yeah, they, they just said, leave the Mythosaur alone. They actually said it at the end, right? That he fell in or whatever. He said it himself. He said, as I yeah, he fell said in the depths. Or yeah. In the recap, I was like, oh, yeah, it was very clearly he just fell all the way in. Yeah. 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 Which, you know, whatever. My, my call is living waters. They probably have some kind of power or magic to them. Clearly, they make like an oily effect when you pour it into a soup. So <laughs> there's something Stoop. to that water. There's something going on there. Um, which I was, by the way, this, this comes up later. I was totally right about that vial at the very first opening scene of the season. That's the living water she was pouring in. Yeah. So, so she has like her own stash of it then. I yeah. guess, yeah. Yeah. Right. Okay. It seems to be like ceremonial. It's mythosaur pee. It's a lot of mythosaur <laughs> yeah, pee. That's what makes that's it. What it is. <laughs> <laughs> but that, yeah, getting into the whole Thai assault and oh yeah, 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 the action sequel. Oh, on the way there, I wanted to mention this too. Grogu, we called this as well. Oh yeah, he's getting his first oh, yes. words in season three. Oh, he's, he totally said this close. is the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He yes. totally yep. said that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was adorable. <laughs> Although I wanted, I was almost wondering if he would say the way this is. That would be interesting. Oh, no. More in line with no, because yeah, Yaddle didn't yeah, talk. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yoda has brain damage. It's just <laughs> an isolated incident. <laughs> but oh man, the the second you just hear the fi- the shots oh, coming yeah. from the tie oh, interceptors, man. you're like, yes, so good. there's the noise. <laughs> yeah, tie interceptors. Can we all agree are the coolest ties? Yeah. Yeah, I would say so. I like the bombers. All right. Bombers are fun, too. All right, that's Crispy and Chris. (laughs) (laughs) They can take the most damage in the TIE Fighter game because their shields Mm. are strongest. The bombers? Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. Um, No, this scene was awesome for a lot of reasons. Um, One being that whole drop scene where they get to the platform and Din just, like, drops out of the ship. To get to yes. his own ship, yes, yeah, yeah. It was straight out of like Rebels or or Clone Wars, where Mandalorians are jumping out of ships with their jetpacks on and stuff. Yeah, it was just, it was yeah. like a perfect Star Wars action sequence. With there, it was like there was tension there because I mean, you didn't. There's no guarantees that Bo Katan's ship is going to survive or that her castle is going to survive. Like there were stakes, right? Yeah, yeah, right. And there was also intercut with like the cuteness of Grogu doing little thing, like sealing himself in his in his in his little uh, pod or R five, kind of getting tossed around and all the silliness there. Yeah, it was perfect. And again, like the, God, it just looks amazing. <laughs> just like the yeah asteroid belt scene in the first episode. This it's just like it's so crisp. Yeah. Oh, and then they throw in some really cool maneuvers, like the Mandalorian, like Din flying straight up and then like stalling and rolling back down. Yep. To come straight down. And then the yep. whole dropping one of those wing things. No, that was rad. <laughs> when, and like to do like a complete 360 a on a dime. Or yeah, 180, yeah. I mean. Yeah, that was yeah. so cool. Yeah, so, and, and the music too. I think this is going to be one of my favorite tracks because they do a lot of fun things with like the Bo-Katan theme and the Mando like hero theme. Yeah, this was firing on all cylinders out the gate. Yeah. Oh, yeah. For this episode. Just in time to slam on the brakes after the title <laughs> card. Oh, jeez. I'm not, I'm not, I mean, all right, so, you're going to argue with that? I mean, come on. No, no, no. no, no. I mean, it's, it's true. It's true. But let's, they bombed her castle. 
I want to get into that a little bit once we talk a little bit more about what what's going on in the next couple scenes here. I just on Coruscant. Yeah, I have a I have a bunch of theories yeah. about All right. well, let's... what that what that whole thing is. So so but let's the... go let's go to Coruscant then. So it's uh, it's the New Republic's Coruscant. But is it though? Well, technically, because it's the same. Uh, we'll we'll get to it. I'm getting ahead of myself. Yeah, let's just let's just cover what happens here. So the 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 Grogu scientist, Doctor Pershing from season one and two, uh, he's a little both, is giving like a TED talk of sorts about using cloning to create donor organs. And uh, it turns out he's part of this New Republic amnesty program to reintegrate former Imperials into society. And as he's kind of like getting to know people, he comes across another group of Amnesty members who offer him a drink and he recognizes from Moff Gideon's ship, one of the like bridge officers who we saw in the uh, previously on to start the episode. So yeah. A big, yeah right. commu- I think communications officer. Right. She ends up being a communications officer. That's right. That's right. Um, and, and they have a little discussion here where they, it basically seems like Moff Gideon himself is a little bit infamous and there's a lot of kind of speculation about what has happened to him. Right, yeah. And then at the end of this, this scene, uh, Pershing mentions that he misses the travel biscuits from Imperial Rations, the yellow ones. And that night they show up at his doorstep. And at a Disney park near you. That's... Probably. <laughs> you can, you can so, count on that. So I was thinking about this scene when I saw it the first time. So... They talked about Moff Gideon and how they're like, oh, you know, he, rumor is, is that he, he was able to escape and blah, 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 blah. Did they say that? I thought it was like... Yeah. Yeah, they, yeah, like they that. said that he escaped. He escaped on his way to the oh, war tribunal. Yeah. Then, they, then one guy said, oh, that's just a cover story. He's actually something. Yeah, yeah I can't remember what it was. There was a lot of speculation. I'll tell you where he was. Sending TIE bombers to destroy that's Bo-Katan's exactly it. <laughs> well, yeah, That's exactly it. Because Bo-Katan even said it. She was like, this is way too many ships for an Imperial warlord. So, he's got it. You know You know what I thought? And this is this would be way too... He's <laughs> getting his revenge. Way too on the nose. But maybe he got away because Cara Dune helped him because she's a traitor to America. I mean, to, no, uh, to no. the New Republic. <laughs> <laughs> I did say, when I heard that, that one guy go, oh, yeah, he escaped. I said, Cara Dune, you had literally one job and you failed at it. <laughs> They're just going to drag her through the mud. I, 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 hope, I hope not. I'm just joking. So can we can we go back to the uh, the TED Talk moment with the giant with him yeah. the, as a giant hologram right. face and then just above him his own real body. So yeah, so my first question is: Does he not know that Bacta is a miracle drug? And like, why do you need donor organs if Bacta <laughs> can just heal everything? No, um, no. But in all seriousness, this I feel like this is where they're setting the scene for what this era of Star Wars has become yes, and I agree. surprise it looks a lot like all the previous eras which they they completely just like do mm-hmm. some exposition on that and and when they have all those people come up to him after the talk and they're all like right oh we you know one of them is even like oh imperials rebels new republic we don't really get involved this you know it's kind of as like long, yeah as long as we're as long as we're still rich it doesn't <laughs> yeah. really matter to us yeah yeah. I mean, yeah. look at how long look at how long the empire lasted. I mean, they start at what? 20 years or so? How old was how old was Luke by the end of Return of the Jedi? Oh gosh, doing this to me on the spot. 
around there. 21, right? 21. Wasn't he like 18 in the first movie? Yes, it would have been like like three or four years. 20 some odd years, yeah. But I mean, this this is the first parallel that they're showing to Andor. But Andor was Imperial era. But it was yeah. the same kind of thing. Yeah, same, Coruscant never changed, basically. But it's also mm. well. Then also looking ahead to the sequels, when uh, you have DJ with you know, who, yeah. you know, showing them it's both sides doing the Don't same thing, basically. Right, right. You know, everyone's a bad guy. Oh, that's point. a good point. Yeah, yeah. yeah. a certain point of view. I hadn't even thought certain of that. point of view. So I think the bigger thing that comes out of that specific TED Talk scene is this talk of cloning and the cloning that the specific type of cloning that he was into where you're mixing the genes from one person into sort of the the uh mm-hmm. you know the code of another yeah. that is I I believe what Star Wars has has dubbed strand casting and a strand cast well, is something yeah. like Snoke or Ray's father mm-hmm. those are examples of DNA okay. or genetic clones of Palpatine that used other DNA to create something different. Like that's that's where this yeah. is headed in my mind. That's totally what Pershing's about. That's what Grogu's blood was being. Yes, yes. They're, they're messing yeah. around with genetics to try to perfect a clone body for Palpatine. Yeah, right. Yeah. He was saying to that guy after the after the talk as he's walking down the stairs. The first, our first cast attempt. Oh, they, uh, I mean, failed immediately uh, upon combination of the, the DNA word. or something. What are, yeah. He says cast, yeah, first yeah. casting or yeah. cast. There you go. Or, so that uh, could be one of those Snokes in the Jar that we right. saw in uh, yeah, last season, right? right? Yeah, and I, I think it has a lot to do with what happens at the end of this whole episode, too, but we'll get into that when we get there. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there's just, there's a lot of sort of Andor vibes that you get from this, like Bill already alluded to. Yeah. I feel like in a lot of ways it was almost more dystopian than Andor was. (laughs) Well, I don't know. I mean, not like compared to the prison though. That that's like as dystopian as you get. Yeah. But there were even some similarities there. Like, like these, uh, these former Imperials are referred to by number. It's L52. Exactly. Mm -hmm. It's so dehumanizing. It's like, it's gross. Yes. Honestly. All right, stormtroopers basically. And it's like this is what the new republic is doing. Yeah, yeah, right. Um, yeah, so that's and, and obviously just being on Coruscant, all of that uh, that gray concrete sort of look is very Andor Coruscanty, you know. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but but just <clears throat> slightly slightly brighter. Yeah, we'll say a little cheerier. Um, like yeah. the the housing area is a lot like Cyril's kind of uh, resident. Block yeah. yep. area, right? Yep. Um, and like even uh, the place he works, uh, it's oh. got all the cubicles, oh, totally. kind of like yeah. in Andor when he went to work at the banking place. But they're just slightly more open because they're squares instead of octagons. Okay. Yeah, like yeah. Really yeah, yeah. Fair. But I, I still in. think that may have been the, the same fire. building. Like they may have actually just like yeah, could have been reused yeah. the exactly. building. For but this. again, it's Empire versus New Republic. It's basically all the same thing, right. just a different coat of paint. Yeah. Yeah, and even like when when he's sitting down with the other Imperials or the other former Imperials, and they're kind of like just shooting the breeze, sharing stories. There's like a tension to that scene because you don't know who you yeah. can trust, and that even that just right. feels yeah. kind of like Andor. Like Andor just had this underlying tension, like a social tension almost, not yeah, physical. Right. You know what I mean? Like the, the, the conflict yeah. is more subtle, and that makes it feel honestly, it makes it feel less Mandalorian and more, you know, right. 
Andor. Well, they yeah, they kind of did yeah. that when that one guy's like, "Hey, what do you miss?" And then Pershing was like, "Oh, well, I don't miss the Empire." Right, right. They're like, well, "No, that you don't have to say that." He's like, "We're <laughs> yeah. all, you know, we're all all right here. What mm-hmm. else do you miss?" Kind Long of thing. Long live the Republic. Was, I thought that line yeah. when he said that it reminded me of "We are all the Republic" or or whatever yeah, yeah. from the High Republic. Right. But it also mm-hmm. sounded very much like brainwashing, which was kind of like. Just creepy. I mean, mm. that's kind of what, what this whole thing. They've been done, yeah. yeah. And then, and then yeah. when they were drinking that, that thi- whatever that was that they were drinking, I was like, is that mind control juice or something? Because it, <laughs> it looked weird. <laughs> no, I think that 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 flare thing at the end. Yeah, we'll, oh, yeah, we'll, we'll get, get there. there. Let's move on. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. so uh, we the next scene takes us to Pershing's work, which we already mentioned, his office, where he's clearly doing work that's beneath him as part of this amnesty program. And then that evening, the former Gideon officer who goes by G68 takes him out to a carnival where he basically confesses that he wishes he could finish his research. This, of course, being the the Grogu blood draining research. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, when he sits down with his weekly, I'm assuming maybe even daily session with the counselor droid uh, to go through that like... Complacency checklist, I call it. I don't yeah. know what else to call it. Yeah. Uh, you, you basically, the droid just like shoots him down about doing any sort of cloning of anything. Uh, it's it's banned. It sounds like in the New Republic. Did you just going back to the carnival really quick? Did you notice the music? Oh yeah. Yes. Yeah. I was okay. about to say okay. something. Yeah. Not to. Yeah. yeah. March of the Resistance. Yeah. Right. Like a, almost uh-huh. a carousel version of the March of the yes. Resistance this time. I, thought, I was. Yeah. It was pretty cool, I thought. Anytime there's those in universe nods to John Williams music, I'm all yeah. I'm all about it. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Also the really neat uh bit of world building, I guess you could say, with the with the mountain peak. Oh yeah. Which is the only oh, yeah. part of the, the I loved that. planet you could see from the from the <laughs> yeah. surface. I thought that they called was it. such a cool idea. I don't know. Was, yeah, I, I think mean, unless it was in the Clone they, Wars they or something that I forgot, but might have done that in one of the High Republic I, books. They, actually. they did it in there was a there was Legends. There was something in Legends that I remember them talking about. Like this is the only place in Coruscant where you could see the natural like planet, and so yeah, so I think it was is definitely inspired by whatever that was. I can't remember what it was, but it's just such a cool idea that that's like the highest mountain's peak. On yeah. Coruscant, yeah. and that's the right. only, yeah. that's the yeah. only glimpse of the actual Earth or whatever Coruscant <laughs> that you can get. Yeah, I mean they they go in and they dip into the most ridiculous parts of Legends just to pull it in because it doesn't it doesn't change anything at all like that right. like the like the having the highest mountain or the droid telling him oh you need to take a day trip to the holographic museum of extinct animals because there's a montabog of uh malastare that that thing was mentioned once in an old star wars tabletop rpg book as far as i knew that was the only time it was mentioned i didn't catch that yeah. was that in this episode yeah the, oh, the the little taxi the droid. Taxi oh, the droid taxi droid. Yeah, I, I tuned him out as, but as they literally- Pershing did. <laughs> it was kind of funny, though, as he was driving. Yeah, with his with head his turned head all the way around. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Doesn't matter. He's a droid. He's like a... It's like a Tesla. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so the scene, it's the scene kind of wraps up with uh, the G68 telling him that she would be on board to help him but they'd have to break some rules. They'd have to like sneak out to do it. And at this point, Pershing's like, no, I'm not going to break the rules. 
until he goes back to work the next day and figures that all of this this technology that he's like cataloging is just going to be destroyed anyway. So that's kind of where he changes his mind. This was another, I feel like this was another piece of information that suggests that the new Republic is basically failing. Like they have all these grand ideas of like, well, we're just going to brainwash all the people who are bad and Mm -hmm. we're going to throw out all their stuff so that no one remembers all the bad stuff instead of like actually doing governing. (laughs) Right. Yeah, just um, throwing anything away that happened in the last, like we said, 20 some odd years. Yeah. And he even mentions decommissioning the Republic fleet or the... the that, oh yeah, that fleet. was really interesting. The Alliance. And that's, a, so that's like, a, they've mentioned that in, in the books and stuff too, how that was Mon Mothma yeah. when she came to power. She yeah. said, no more army, no more fleets and tried which to is, disband it all. Which is how the High Republic was. They didn't have an army. That's how the Republic was before the Clone Oh, that's army. true. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, they're trying to go back to basics almost. Oh, I just wanted to say, I don't like the glowing popsicles at the carnival. I can't <laughs> explain like, why. I just don't like wow. them. This is <laughs> yeah. weird. Yeah, I, I think know. it was because they were trying too hard to make it seem like they were eating them. Yeah. yeah. When they clearly were not. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Let's keep this rolling here. So, eventually, yeah. So, so Pershing gets up the nerve to make a run, basically, to go collect these uh it's like mobile lab equipment that's what they call yeah. it so g68 takes him on a train ride or sneaks him on a train ride to a decommissioned star destroyer where they're going to salvage this equipment and along the way that you see them like start to bond and they kind of build a trust for one another and they share their names we learned that g68 is named alaya kane and pershing's first name is pen pershing i want to say yeah mm-hmm. yeah yeah so he's dr pen pershing uh, so as they're packing up this equipment, though, they hear a noise and there's there's somebody else on the ship. So they have to rush out. And then as soon as they leave, they get kind of apprehended by a group of Republic security who basically completely ignore Elia Kane uh, and just take Pershing into custody, strap him into the Mind Flayer. And uh, after the Re- Republic troops leave, Kane turns up the juice to, I'm assuming, do some irreparable damage to Pershing's brain. Yeah, so the mind flare thing is interesting because that whole that whole scene with the, the uh, Mon Calamari, like, doctor or whatever, was super weird. Where he's like... Well, you caught the, like, big, oh, uh, the big joke, right? The, yes, the, it's a, it, was, <laughs> he, it was a trap. He looked at the camera. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, like, stopped for a second, too. Like, it was... <laughs> yeah. Pershing um, says to the Mon Calamari, it was a trap. Yes. And then and <laughs> it's it like funny. a split second of silence. <laughs> we were like the scene was so like serious and tense. He's getting strapped into this torture yeah. device and he's like he's freaking out about it. Yeah. And uh when he made that line, it was actually my wife turned to me and was like, Oh and I didn't even catch it. I was like, Oh god, you're right, yeah. It's a, it's a trap. He should have known it was a trap. He's Mon Calamari. But that whole thing was was super eerie though because it was clear he was like oh no we found out that you know low voltage is perfectly safe and it'll make <laughs> yeah. you feel better right. oh, i have uh, treatment it's like, this thing is called a mind flare why would you why would you i think it's just a nickname for it yeah it's, it's, he gave the real it's the robotic guess, version of the uh, borgullet or the uh torture sound from andor whenever right? i heard hear the name mind flare i think of borgullet every time isn't so, wasn't 
Mind Flayer? Isn't that what the Vecna was in Stranger Things? Uh, yeah. Uh, well, he was, uh, well, you know, the mind, yeah. mind Flayer is the big spider thing. That, yeah. Like yeah, the giant two. spider oh. thing that they I thought was in charge. Which anyway. was basically controlled by him, wasn't it? But yeah, I think so. I never right. finished. I think he controls that. Tune in next week know. for our Stranger Things. <laughs> Stranger Things <laughs> but uh, Cara Dune mentions the Mind Flayer in season... Oh, yeah. One oh. or two? Did she? Yeah. She says yeah. something that about. Sounds familiar. She now. says something about if she's captured by the Empire, they'll hook her up to a mind flare or something like that. Oh. Ah, Actually, and they mentioned cool. it for Gideon also. That was one of the rumors, right? That he was. Yeah. Right. Yes. Yeah, yes right, right. I remember that. Yeah. So, so it's clear that. So at this point, I'm I'm wondering if they really are destroying all of the Imperial stuff, or if there's some things that they're like. Yeah. Something going on. Uh, actually, this mind flare thing, uh, you know, that sounds pretty good. We're going right. to get that. Well, yeah, that's <laughs> because it's, e- it's easier to keep that than it is to keep, uh, you know, Saw Gerrera's bold gullet there and, you know, erase <laughs> people's minds. But that whole scene, obviously, Kane is working for Gideon. That, that's that's what I pulled from that. Is that well, she's yeah, a, that's, that's a my double agent. Too. Mm-hmm. And that she did that to flay his mind so that he won't remember any of the work that he did on the cloning stuff so that they can keep Palpatine a secret still. Yeah. Is how, I, is how I'm seeing that. So I, I agree with you, but then my next question that I immediately go to is how and why? Like, how is she getting away with this? First of all, like the the, the arrest right. scene, especially, like had me scratching my head the second time I watched it. Yeah. They don't even pay her any mind. They just let her walk off with that stuff. A group of like Republic cops. Well, that's and, why at first well, they lower their guns when she goes to take the right. Case. So yeah. do they? So are they all in on it? They're not ignoring she's, her. They're they're she's working in on it. She's working with them or something. So yeah, she's at, a double first, agent. At first, I thought that the New Republic was setting him up to get that technology so that they could actually do the cloning in secret. But then at the end, when she turns the mind flare thing up, I'm like, oh, maybe she is working for, you know, what's eventually going to become the first order, which is, you know, yeah. a bunch of people that are still, there's probably a lot of them that are within the new Republic. They're able to resist the mind flare or it doesn't work on them or something. Who knows? Mm. I don't know. Yeah. Well, I mean, I yeah. thought about it from the um, previously on scene. They have her sit down and, and she's like, uh, tell me what you need me to do kind of thing. So mm. I think that she's playing a double agent at this point that, you know, she's she's on the New Republic's good graces, but she's actually still working for Gideon. Yeah, I just don't understand how. And like, where did that equipment end up? Did she just keep it? And the Republic guys are just like, yeah, that, that adds up. We'll do this amnesty... Uh, G sixty eight just take this stuff. Like well, I can see also, trusting I her, but like, to, to like trust her to that point. I don't, I don't they know. They also if they're just in on let it. her like, stay there by herself with yeah with Pershing and so the, she's and managed the, to get a lot of power really in the New Republic right, somehow yeah. at this yeah. point. I don't know. I'm starting to think with this uh, Alia Kane character that she there's something more to her. She's being blackmailed or. I don't know, or she's just that brainwashed. I don't know. She she seems pretty bad. No, I yeah. don't. It, it, it looks she looks reluctant. She looks like she isn't exactly proud of herself for turning him in and and mind flaying him. So well, see, I thought she probably I thought the developed opposite. actual 
uh, friendship, it seems. For Pershing? That guy's a dweeb. Wow. <laughs> but going back on that, she, he had asked her a question about if she had a choice or something. Mm. She said she didn't really have time to make a choice. Or something. So she was clearly indoctrinated very From early, like age, they ended yeah. up doing with the First Order. Well, see, you know, here's how I... Birth. I thought maybe she didn't have a choice because they've got something on her. Oh. The Imperials have her family or i mean god only knows or maybe she was mm. born into it even and right, but doesn't necessarily agree with it but she's just like maybe she she could even be like related to gideon or something who knows it's possible i um, um i'm really curious though they they we'll sold me on this more. character and that's yeah. the thing at first it did feel boring to me because i didn't care about it. even when they were on the train i didn't care like if they get caught okay so what can we go back to din now like i just didn't care by the end though <laughs> i came around and i get it and i understand like they're trying to tell a bigger story so they need to take the time to set this stuff yeah, up right but I tell I watched with the kids and they were both kind of like really dad you made us watch this crap <laughs> yeah I do I guess I do kind of wish they hadn't used an entire episode on yeah this, it felt like a this. bit much that's all that's all was, was I the only one who thought that the actress who played Kane would have been a really good older Omega <laughs> just because she looks <laughs> she looks exactly <laughs> like, like Daniel Logan <laughs> Daniel Logan <laughs> she's a she's a I don't know, not mixed martial arts player, but she's definitely got some martial arts uh, experience she under was, her belt, too. She was in the most recent Ant-Man as well. She played, like, this warrior queen person. And, yeah, that's yeah, another reason yeah. I think, like, I want to see her, like, fight. I want to see, you know, some action out of her because she seems capable of it. There's got, I don't know, there's got to be more to it. Maybe it is. She's just, like, a really secret she's deep cover agent. She's Phasma. She's not Phasma. She's Phasma. <laughs> Read the book. There's a book Everybody's called Phasma. Everybody's Phasma. She's got a backstory already. Stop it with the phasmas. Jeez. <laughs> All right. So with that, we go back to Mando and Bo-Katan, who were probably just flying through hyperspace all this time. Um, and they are landing on... Do we get the name of this planet? I don't know if it's there. I didn't catch it. I don't think they ever said... He never says no, it. He just says it's, a, it's where the covert is. He doesn't yeah. say the name of the planet. Yeah. Doesn't trust the cameraman to keep the secret. <laughs> <laughs> so they land at the Mandalorian covert where the season's season opened and um he reveals that he did it. He's re he's Mandalorian again. And uh the armorer points out that hey, Bo-Katan is also redeemed. She bathed in living water. Yeah. She didn't take off her helmet. She's Apparently, one of us. As strict as it seems, it doesn't seem that strict when you can redeem yourself by just splashing some water. I mean, I guess the water's yeah. hard to get to, but... <laughs> she didn't recite the creed or Bill, anything. Bill, what are you doing this, this weekend? Kind of uh, what's going on Sunday? <laughs> <laughs> but, it's well, like, they... but it was just like, oh, well, you bathed in the waters, so as long as you don't take your helmet off, you're one of us too. It's cool. Right, I did find that a little <laughs> overly simple, but she she is Mandalorian. She was born Mandalorian. Yeah, She's right. done the creed, and then they all know this. I mean, but I thought I, it was kind of cool, but at the same time, I'm like, okay, so, so yeah. So did the armor? Because we talked about this a little bit. Is that that quote unquote stew that she has? Is that just the living waters, or is that? I'm not sure because could could didn't have just like dipped himself in that real quick and made the whole thing <laughs> yeah. obsolete. No, they said you have to go to the mines of man oh, okay, and okay. bathe in the living waters. Yeah. So yeah, Bo-Katan is, is welcomed by everyone 
except Paz Vizsla, who stands yeah, up. Yeah, he's not happy about this whole situation. No. I don't think he's happy about either of them. I, I, was, no, I no, think totally that he not. thought Din was going to die, and that was his way to get rid of him. Yeah. But he wants that Darksaber, doesn't he? I yeah, mean, I, I would assume. She, she and Pre Vizsla were enemies at one point in time, so... Yeah. Well, they were... Weren't they together? Weren't they working together at first, and then... Yeah, yeah, but, as but then yeah. he went. Yeah, he went crazy working for Maul or whatever. But yeah, he's also not a fan of Din Djarin either. Right, so. right, and it does. Uh, yeah, now I, I don't know. The season is is taking some turns that uh, I did not expect. So that's a good thing. Because yeah. I mm-hmm. uh, after after the first episode, I was thinking Bo-Katan was going to be a rival or a, an enemy, a right. villain. Yeah. But now maybe they're setting up Paz Vizsla to be the villain of Bo-Katan even, I, uh, or, or something like that. Like, maybe she's going to end up winning the, the Darksaber from him somehow. I don't know. Who has it right now? Does Din Djarin still have it? Yeah. I don't think... Di- we didn't see it the episode, but... I think yeah, we didn't see him take it back after the spider fight, but I thought Bo-Katan still had it. No, he took it back. Yeah, did he? I'll have to go back and check, but I'm pretty sure... But yeah, that's it. It's just a question of what comes next for all this setup now. Yeah, I I have no ideas where the next one's going to go. I felt like here. I had a better idea after the last episode, and I was wrong. So yeah, now I don't they didn't even really wanna... leave any breadcrumbs. <laughs> yeah, yeah and I really. I don't think they're going to revisit Coruscant just yet. They might let that breathe. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we might just get like a caper of the week for a couple weeks or something. You know, now that all the Mandalorians are together, they can go off on a mission, do something. Here or there, and let things yeah stew. Yeah, I can see that. I want to apologize to all the people that I was just like, "Oh, get over it!" When they were all mad about Mandalorian getting two episodes of Book of Boba Fett, because as as cool as this episode was, is I wish it wasn't all about that. <laughs> It's, it was funny because oh, y'all are wrong. We had joked about how Boba Fett was going to steal a couple episodes from this, but in a way, Andor stole an episode from, <laughs> yeah. from the Mandalorian this week. I do think Chris is right, though. I, I have a feeling that that all that Coruscant stuff, and because there was so much of it too, was really just trying to set the stage and let the audience know that there's more going on in the background in the core worlds. Yeah, this is, yeah, th- right. Correct me if I'm wrong, but this is the first time this show went to to the core. Right, it's always yeah. in the outer rim. It was on, yeah, you know, yeah, 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 outer rim worlds. Until well, so I, and I think this plays well into the new story that we we had to, this week because mm. I think Dave Filoni said that in the, this interview recently because this is a big part of setting up that major galactic event or whatever that they're planning. Yep, to culminate all these shows. I, I think well, this is this is a big part of that world building for that. Let me throw this to you guys and then to our listeners, too, if they want to respond to this. How would you feel if Star Wars did away with set shows and everything was just one, like, instead of it being The Mandalorian Season 1 and Season 2 and Season 3, it's just Star Wars and Episode 2 of the season might be Mandalorian, but Episode 3 might be Boba Fett. Episode 4 might be Mm. New Republic stuff. I think it'd be just, really I mean, hard to tell a cohesive like story that way. It would, it would yeah, be. People are all up in arms about the chronology of the Clone Wars episodes, right? <laughs> yeah, 
they're gonna have a fit if I that was the case but i don't mind it i think that'd be cool if more anthology style series i mean but, uh, mm. yeah that's what i was thinking too is something like that like you could do three episode arcs and then move on to something else like they did with clone wars and, and rebels and stuff like that i mean i do think that's one of the problems with marvel right now is it's like character after character and it's like focus on all these characters and maybe we shouldn't recreate that for star wars just do right you know I don't know. Just do storytelling. Yeah, like a, like just don't a, an era. Yeah, stick with like an era. Right. And have right. Different parts of that galaxy during oh, that time. Well, frame. yeah, that's what yeah. this yeah. is. Yeah. 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 Kind of. Well, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but like then you wouldn't get people who are you know as upset if you don't call it the Mandalorian and you don't have an episode that features the Mandalorian or you don't have a book of Boba Fett and you don't have an episode that fe- right. features yeah, Boba Fett. Right. I get what you're saying. You know something something like that. I I, I would I would honestly I would enjoy that. Well, they're going to have, like, like a, yeah. Skeleton Crew is not going to be necessarily a character-based thing. It's, I mean, it sounds like it's a group of... Yeah, it's an ensemble sort of thing. And, the, I mean, the other point is, and we say this all the time, right? There's different flavors of Star Wars. And mm-hmm. part, right, part of yeah. my issue, and why, you know, I joke about this episode being quote-unquote boring, is because I was expecting The Mandalorian and I got Andor. It's a different flavor of Star Wars. Not what I necessarily wanted when I sat down with my kids to watch The Mandalorian. Yeah, right. So there's that too. So if you just make a generic Star Wars, you run into an issue. It's a marketing thing. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. it's a marketing issue. Like, what's the tone of this going to be, you know? But uh, you know what? As always, on a rewatch, I did enjoy it more. I I see why, and I kind of am starting to understand where this might be headed, and I'm very intrigued. They're building up the the era in, mm-hmm. in the world to yeah. to do grander storytelling. I still believe as much as people might hate this, uh, a big part of this overall narrative is going to be clarifying the events of like rise of Skywalker and the Palpatine mm-hmm. cloning yeah. and Exegol oh, and all yeah, that. Definitely. Yeah. And I, it's, and, it, and it, all, it all and comes back to that stupid effing quote. Somehow Palpatine has returned and the friggin' <laughs> backlash that that one line from Poe Damer created. <laughs> but I feel like that's the point of it. That's Star Wars. You walk in and you don't necessarily get the well, whole picture. And, and we, they have yeah. an opportunity to set up yeah. the beginnings of the First Order. Like, right. We don't yeah. really have yeah. a lot of that no. story yet. No. Yeah. So... It'd be so, like yeah. sitting down to watch Star Wars 1977 and saying, wait a minute, where, why is this guy in all black armor? What? What's that breathing sound? Somebody explain that to me. Why is why does he always have to breathe like that? Yeah. It's like how did they build this giant this giant ball is way too giant. How did they build that giant ball? That's ridiculous. <laughs> I want to know where that metal came from. And what's the what's the deal with the laser? How does a laser that destroy an entire planet in one shot? Come on now. You got to explain that to me. <laughs> Shut up. It's Star Wars. It's fantasy. Ugh. Yep. Disgusted by everyone. <laughs> All right, who's got trivia for this week? I uh I came across one thing, but I don't know. It's going to be an easy question, probably. Oh, we're going to have to ask Chatbot GPT or whatever. <laughs> well, here's what I got. So I learned we talked about this this concept of cloning and strand casts, right? There was a passing line in season one about a strand cast. Who was it referring to? In season one, The Mandalorian. Yes. Can you tell us who said the line? <laughs> Uh, is that too? Is that giveaway Moff too much? Gideon, right? No, it was it was the no. Mandalorian himself. 
He's, he was speculating. Oh. So when, when Strandcast was referenced in season one, who was it referencing? Here comes the countdown. Three, mm-hmm. two, one, lock. Oh, Chris's answer was nothing. <laughs> All right, Bill and Ben, you had the same answer. Who did you think? I just said Grogu. Grogu. Yeah, went with the obvious because I yeah. didn't know. Well, at the time, he didn't go by that name, so I can't give you the points, I'm afraid. Yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> Baby no, you're, you're Yoda. Oh, wait. No, he the didn't child. go. <laughs> the child. Also acceptable would be the asset. Yes. Mm-hmm. The asset. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. When did he say the line? I don't remember. Exactly. So he was talking did to Quill, to and he, he speculated to Quill that he may be a strand cast, and Quill said something about mm. having worked on the gene farms. Gene farms. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So I it, remember uh, that now. So he was. T- he said like he's he's too ugly to be a strand cast. <laughs> he said something like that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> because the, the idea is to create like a perfect genetic template, not whatever the heck that thing is. <laughs> but yeah. So what exactly is a gene farm then? Is it just? A I bunch don't of know. It's so. This is all. Tubes we're gonna find out. I bet. Like, uh, like what's his face? Um, Mendel. Is that who did the? Yes. The Gregor. Yeah. Gregor that's Mendel. Totally. Gregor Mendel. Yeah. 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 You just pick out the best traits. Like yeah. you find a guy who's got really beefy biceps and another guy who's got really so strong this, quads and then you combine And another that. one that's got blonde hair and another is, one is that's got blue eyes. A, yeah, is this supposed to be an allegory for like Nazi, uh, what's it called? Uh, yeah, probably. Well, if it's Eugenics? imperial, absolutely. Eugenics, yeah. 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 Totally, totally. Oh, Why man, not? Now we're getting super creepy and dystopian. Mm. <laughs> I think that's the point. But yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, look at their death prisons that well, Andor was locked yeah, up in. Yeah, make, make a whole bunch of perfect, like, Sith warriors or whatever for mm-hmm. mutation. Yeah. Which is funny because they they decommissioned the clones in the Empire. They Right, because they were, they were hiding the technology to use it in secret. That was... Yeah, I guess, yeah. Uh, they oh, allude to that one, in one of the recent episodes of Bad Batch. So. I gotta watch Bad yeah. Batch, yeah, because that's probably gonna get into the yeah, cloning. I'm a, I'm a couple behind, mm-hmm. but the one I just watched, they talk about that a little bit, so it, mm-hmm. it ties in. Well, because I thought... I mean, we gotta wrap this up, but I was thinking yeah, 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 maybe yeah. Omega could be like a strand cast, because she's obviously not a perfect genetic match of Jango Fett, yeah. being, being that she's maybe, a different gender. the entire Bad Batch could be. No, that too. Yeah, right. They all look and sound a bit different. Yeah. So there must be all something right. there. Maybe, Maybe that was like the earliest attempts at... I don't know. We'll see. I gotta watch Should that be. show, though. Boring conversation anyway. Anyway, that's the episode. Uh, give us a shout-out on the social media or uh, warts and all at Gmail. And uh, thanks for listening. Yeah. Till the spire. Till the spire. <laughs> <laughs>